Hi, everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Today, we will provide you an update on some recent developments within the Beltway and beyond. Joining us once again for the conversation, glad to welcome back Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C., Shane Lieberman. Shane, great to have you on with us as always. Welcome back and Looking forward to our conversation. Thanks, Dan. Good to be back with you, as always. So to begin with geopolitics, I've heard that Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, I believe he's departing today from Washington for China, this in an effort to reset relations. And for some context for our listeners, you might recall this following the cancellation of a previous trip in the midst of the spy balloon incident earlier this year. So Shane, any sense for what's on the agenda for this particular trip? involving Secretary Blinken and any insight into the administration's expectations of the visit. Put another way, how confident is the administration that relations here can be repaired? Yeah, this is really interesting. And as you mentioned, you know, that spy balloon incident was in February. So, you know, in the past four months, the uh, U.S.-China relations has continued to deteriorate to the point where, you know, um, China wouldn't even pick up that hotline phone when the U.S. would try and, you know, uh, call. You know, if, if it was our Secretary of Defense trying to reach out to their Ministry of Defense, you know, the, the call would go unanswered, which, you know, obviously uh, presents a number of, uh, of, of challenges and, you know, could possibly be very um, um, scary from the perspective of, you know, not, non-communication leads to an incident. Um, whereas, you know, if you're talking, maybe it couldn't be avoided. So, you know, the expectations for this is are low. I think the expectation is just mostly just trying to reestablish that line of communication. And, you know, Secretary Blinken, uh, you know, I think that's his real goal. You know, obviously you'd like to uh, get more going, but if you look at uh, the Chinese posturing and rhetoric um, in the past few uh, weeks and months, you know, they solely blame the U.S. and have gotten really defensive about this. And, and uh, I think, you know, uh, some line of communication will evolve and develop from these meetings uh, that Secretary Blinken is about to uh, engage in. But, you know, I, I think that's probably our, our highest expectation. Um, I would note that this is not the only engagement that uh, the U.S. has had with the Chinese. Um, you know, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan has uh, had a conversation with uh, uh, his counterpart, but this is the highest level. So, you know, just that escalation of, of higher level talks is encouraging. But to that point, you know, um, we still haven't seen a full agenda for uh, Secretary Blinken and, and who he will be meeting with. So, you know, we'll see how the Chinese reciprocate. You know, are they going to put um, a mid-level uh, mid-tier person in front of Secretary Blinken, or will they, you know, uh, um, you know, will Secretary Blinken with, meet with his Chinese counterparts? So that would be a very interesting intel. So um, definitely worth watching, and we'll see what happens. But again, we have low expectations for that. Thank you, Shane, for the recap. I suppose it's a good first step that the trip is actually taking place, though it sounds like a lot still to be determined as to how this will play out. And 
Hopefully relations can get back on track to some extent, so one that we'll follow up on for sure. Uh, Sticking with geopolitics, this was interesting. There have been some mixed reports this week about a potential interim deal on Iran's nuclear program with the U.S. We've spoken about this in times past. Uh, Based on what we've been hearing over the past few days, Shane, any sense for where that stands and what's actually accurate here? Yeah, this is interesting because, you know, I've seen the mixed reports as well. But I think my takeaway is the mixed reports is really just kind of a lot about, excuse me, terminology and the importance of terminology here. You know, because for the U.S. to make um, an agreement with um, Iran here, um, you know, trying to get back to the 2015 uh, nuclear deal, that had with U.S. It, it, having such a deal could um, really tie up uh, in Congress. So I think they're trying to lower the, the level and just say this is kind of an informal agreement with Iran so that, you know, Congress won't get involved. And, and you know, remember, this was a very contentious issue in Congress in 2015. So I, I think the, the uh, disconnect, if you will, is really just trying to, you know, Play, that, play this down to an extent that it doesn't um, actually falter because, you know, politics gets, gets in the way, we'll say. So uh, it appears to me that, you know, there is some agreement coming. It's not to the full level of the 2015 uh, nuclear deal with Iran, but it is uh, trying to, you know, simmer tensions and, and you know, um, I think slow down any kind of escalation of nuclear uh, development uh, in Iran. So we'll, we'll, we'll see where this lands, but, you know, I, I think uh, it, it's not um, it's not clear, but I, I think we have a sense where it's at. Well, thank you, Shane, for offering some clarity, and this is a topic that carries with it a lot of implications, so we'll see how this plays out. Uh, I do want to come back stateside for our final topic for this week. If we turn up to Capitol Hill, uh, we've been hearing reports that a group of House Republicans are assessing changes to Social Security benefits, which does include the potential for a hike of the official retirement age. That was an interesting takeaway. Anything there you can share with us, Shane, and how much traction does this have right now? Yeah, this is an interesting development. You know, we have the budget deal that was just negotiated and completed by President Biden and Speaker uh, McCarthy, you know, passed into law. What this is, is um, House Republicans still have an appetite to do their own budget resolution to try and really demonstrate uh, fiscal restraint. And not only this year, but over the next decade, and looking at some of the major fiscal questions we have um, in the next state, next decade, which includes Social Security and Medicare. So this is a budget plan put out by the Republican Study Committee, which is kind of the largest block within House Republicans. Um, you know, and obviously, and they're a little, they're 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 very conservative, but not as far right as the uh, Freedom Caucus. And you're correct. You, what this is is kind of a blueprint for the next day, decade. It doesn't have all the details. So what we do see is that it tries to balance the budget in the next day and decade. And any time you, you try to balance the budget in the next decade, you're going to have to make changes to Social Security and Medicare, whether that be on the benefits side or, you know, the taxation side. 
you know, there would have to be changes because, uh, you know, Medicare and Social Security are such a, a large portion of federal spending and projected to only get larger. So um, you're right. This plan does uh, increase the uh, reti- full retirement from 67 to age 69. Remember, you can claim benefits earlier, but you, you get it at a little bit of a, a discount. So this w- this increase would be phased in over a few years. It wouldn't happen immediately. Um, but I think, you know, to kind of the heart of your question is, this, while this may get some traction in the House, this is a budget resolution. It actually doesn't actually um, change Social Security and Medicare law. It's kind of that blueprint. As I, as I mentioned. So I think, you know, reality is, is that you're not going to see such changes in Social Security until we get closer to the insolvency date, which is about a decade away. Um, so, but in one respect, I think it's encouraging that there are more and more lawmakers ready to talk about these fiscal challenges that we have in the coming decade. Um, you know, uh, we for the past years, we've seen lawmakers continue to put their head in the sand and pretend that we don't have um, these fiscal challenges ahead. So one uh, of respect, I give, I applaud them for, you know, starting to actually talk about it, you know, as for, you know, whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, that's not for me, that's up to you, the voter. Um, but I, I, again, Dan, this isn't happening anytime soon, but you're starting to see lawmakers more seriously think about uh, where we're heading with uh, Social Security and Medicare and our our budget in general. Well, Shane, that is a good point, how it comes down to the voter, but it's helpful clarity in terms of today, what this is, what it isn't, attaching some timeline to it and hearing about what kind of support exists today, though it sounds like it will be an ongoing dialogue and something else will continue to track. Though, uh, Shane, as always, thank you for dropping by the podcast. Always helpful to hear about what's going on within the U.S. and around the world, and a lot, as always, that we'll follow up on. I do wish you a a nice Father's Day weekend, and do look forward to picking back up with our conversation again next week. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that, and I hope everyone has a good weekend, and look forward to talking to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Shane. Again, today we have been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C., For our listeners and our clients of UBS, do be sure to reference the latest Washington Weekly publication, which can be located on UBS.com slash Washington Weekly. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to you about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review Client Relationship Summary provided at UBS.com forward slash Relationship Summary or ask your UBS Financial Advisor for a copy. 